0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Expressed podcast. We're here with my brother, Mike Salemi. I'm very excited for this conversation. And uh, I usually give an introduction uh, to my guests. And I realized in the moment where I was thinking about your introduction, the who you are, to me at least, transcends so much more than what you do. Mm. Um, I think it's useful for people to get a little bit of context of Mike Slemmi in, in, in human form of what you do. But uh, at least my intention for this episode is to go deeper than the what people see of Mike Slemmy on Instagram um, to what I see. And so... Let's start out with, let's start out with the surface, Mike. What do you identify or what would your title be of what Mike Slummy does in the world?
1: Right now, it's been most heavily, I would say the last 15 plus years, movement or performance specialist. That's been the title that if people go to my Instagram channel, most always, I'd say 80 plus percent of the posts are going to be more movement related. Bulgarian bags, kettlebells, uh, anything related to holistic high performance.
0: Awesome. Awesome, brother. And one step below that surface, who is Mike Salemi?
1: Mm. So, what I'd have to say is, man, it's just an... (laughs) It's an ongoing journey, man. Mm. Ongoing journey, every single... And I say this with 100% from the heart. Every single day, I'm like, uh, being a little bit more curious. And I love absolutely love supporting and holding space for people to grow, whether it's in the gym, you know, that's so much where I feel so comfortable, but now also exploring the realms outside of that. And so, um, anything related to supporting people, especially men Mm -hmm. reaching their fullest and highest potential. And that's Mm -hmm. been, for me, it's been so much in the gym, but now walking the realms with, with you and some Mm -hmm. of these retreats and stuff like that, the work that we're doing, it's really, um, just being a movement coach now doesn't nearly satisfy me or doesn't nearly nourish me as much as it used to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and talk about that transition of identity because, you know, I've, I've been through this journey myself of your whole life being devoted to this image or this um, part of yourself And I know even before you were a a movement specialist, you were an athlete yourself. Mm -hmm. And then that transitioned into teaching people and and guiding people on their physical journey. And now you're talking about going deeper. Um, How do you know when it's time to make that transition or to deepen or broaden your view of yourself and what what you're bringing into the world?
1: Mm. So that's such a great. So for me, like I've been so self-identified when I first started for most of my life was as an athlete. And then that transition to being more of a coach and then a teacher. And now we'll see where it goes. But for me, like the, the transitions from one identity, and they've all kind of also been running tandem, Mm -hmm. you know, to some extent for sure. But the transition from one to the other, the other sometimes has been seamless and sometimes has been really challenging. Mm -hmm. And what I found is A lot of times when I've been attached to the ideas of how I should or how I think I should be for my family or for Mm. the people I've already served, those are the things, those feelings of loyalty, Mm. those are the things that often kept me longer in one identity Mm. for longer than it should have been. But I'm honestly still healing and still working through expanding out of the athlete archetype or the athlete identity. Mm -hmm. I mean... It was really when I was 30 years old that I left my family business in marble and granite, went full time into what we're doing right now. And for so much of my life, I knew exactly (laughs) the plan that I was going, the execution, this competition showing up, this world championship, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And it's been like, even just finding motivation to train Mm -hmm. has always, like the last four years has been very challenging. And it's because I'm, I'm reinventing what that athlete archetype now means to me. Um, but what I would say is how do I know when one has kind of expressed itself fully? Like solitude, Mm. time and solitude, and then just checking in. And for me, what that looks like is literally just quiet time with myself. And since I was a kid, I've had, um, uh, this propensity to go into that space. Mm. And I always remember, like, I love, I'm an extrovert a lot of times, but, I'd say the vast majority of my personality and where I feel most at home and what peace looks like for me, it's quiet and solitude. And I really think that's different than just being alone, Mm -hmm. right? Solitude I think is very, very nourishing. Like Mm -hmm. I just was telling you, I took a few days off just to be with myself by myself in the trees and that quiet time in nature when I can listen to the thoughts or the, the, the thoughts that are really going on and the feelings in my heart, um, it's just tuning into that and just seeing the feeling that comes up from
0: it. Mm. It's like the, the that heart is a whisper mm. and it's like it requires the silence and the stillness to actually hear it because there's just so much that's happening in life. And especially when I talk to, I mean, you're a high achiever. Mm. You are, uh, you're so disciplined in your life. You're so d- disciplined in your training and your teaching that It's almost like that structure keeps us from or or maybe the intensity to the structure keeps us from hearing that little subtle whisper. And um, one thing I really want to acknowledge you for is your commitment to the process of going inward. Mm. Because I think for us, uh, especially high achieving men, it's easy to just say like, head down, here's the thing, this is what I need to do um and it leads many of us to like you said staying in an identity far longer than it's been telling us it's this has run its course and so you do such a, a great job at that do you remember the first time where that uh, seemed obvious for you like as a kid or 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 even growing up like when solitude was like oh this is good for me
1: mm. the, there's there's a I, I, there's one memory that comes up and it was partially insulted, but it actually happened in a bathroom, which is weird. And I remember I had like, I was in school. I think I was in elementary school and I'd said some type of lie or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then I remember the walk to the bathroom for whatever reason, I was going to the bathroom. And then I remember like the, whatever it was five minutes that I was in there, just having so many, whatever you want to downloads or just moments with just myself on how that telling that lie felt. And I was like, man, this is just not who I am or what feels right for me. I'm going to do things differently. Mm -hmm. And that moment now, whatever it was 30 years later, 28 years later has stuck with me. And that was probably one of the earliest moments where I was like tuning in, checking in, and now I'm going to change course Mm -hmm. moving forward.
0: I love that. And it's, it speaks to something that I'm, I'm always saying is that transformation can happen in a moment and like that moment for you completely transformed the way that you live your life today. Mm. Um, there's a lie that like this transformation takes time and there's some truth that we need to put in the reps. But if you, if you acknowledge those like really pivotal mo- pivotal moments in your life, you can, you can take a completely different path at any time completely reinvent yourself, completely change the way you behave. Um, what are some of the ways where you said you're, you're still in healing and transition? Like what are some of the things you're still transitioning in your life?
1: Mm. Well, before that I was thinking of one thing, if I could touch back to what you said about the structure, I do think structure has served me so well Mm -hmm. in many ways. And like a lot of the people that I've worked with who are uber high achievers, high performers, it's really just For me, it's been so much just reorientating the North Star just a little bit. Mm -hmm. The structure, like you were saying, like helps initiate the reps and without Mm -hmm. the reps and the consistency, no matter what it is in life, it's just it's going to be very fleeting. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a lot of times, whether it's been a new movement practice or a new mentor or a new course I've taken the greatest results that I've ever gotten has been because I've practiced those. Mm -hmm. And even like I remember when I was working with one particular coach, I said, I'm not going to work with any other coach or learn any new modality for two years Mm. because anything less than that is disrespectful to myself and Mm. also disrespectful to the coach and the process that I know it's going to take to have that level of transformation that I really, really do want. Mm -hmm. And I think like what you're saying is these moments of transformation for me so many times it's, just required one decision, Mm. one decision that has caused a cascade or a snowball effect. And oftentimes, I don't know if you saw it downstairs, but I had this this sheet and then it was just written like, all it takes is one decision. Mm. And right now I'm so much uh, in this transition of really figuring out what is the decision that is in alignment with my heart, is in alignment with my soul, with my spirit for how I can serve and show up the best next. But in that process, things from the past are going to come up these old patterns. And for me, I would say I probably have the healthiest relationship than I've ever had with movement, mm-hmm. but still I fucking love competing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I find it for me very challenging even to follow a program that I write or that someone else writes mm-hmm. without, um, a goal or a competition and stuff mm-hmm. like that. that really now so much so of my training, if it's just a physical goal, I'm not interested. Yeah. I have, it has to also challenge me at every other level of my being. And so whether it's like right now I'm going to go, um, I'm organizing a hunt with Monsal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm creating a hunting preparation yes. program for that group. And just in that, one of the things that was one of the things I worked on in solitude. And as I was working on this, I was like, you know, I don't know if this is it for me, but I was like, man, to prepare a group of hunters and, and know what they're going to experience or my version of Mm -hmm. that from having gone through it already, the sacred hunt to prepare people for that. So they can be more physically fit, more in their body, more present with that experience, give more honor to the animal. And it's not, it's so much more than just preparing you know, uh, the mind with the intentions, it's like, what did you physically do Mm. to prepare it and and really show up on that day? And so, uh, that goal really excites me. How can I even get myself more physically prepared for that? And so the athlete archetype is still something Mm -hmm. that I'm working through to heal and, and finding, um, new meaning around it right now.
0: Yeah. I love that. You talked about like the North star and it's not that you're retiring those roles. You're just shifting like what they're pointing at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's so useful because it's like that archetype is, it drives, like you said, the achiever, it like it, it fucking drives us. Um, there was, um, there was an experience that I just had where um, I was, I was playing pickleball in Austin with a friend. And um, I I noticed that I had. I had gone so hard in the athlete archetype as well, very competitive for, for most of my life. And then when I started doing this work, I actually did retire it. I retired being competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it it had brought me a lot of pain and suffering because I went too far. I was, I was not checking in with myself and my body. And so I noticed in this moment where I was playing pickleball, I was like, oh, this would be a time where I would call on this, this archetype and like turn it up and like laser focus in. And I realized in this moment, I was like, oh, I retired it only because I didn't know how to call upon it in a healthy way. I didn't know how to direct the North Star to like this moment in time and not let it consume my life the way that it used to. Um, so I really, really love that you shared that there's so much talk in our society around like, like that level of like competitiveness being associated with the masculine and and men. And one thing I witnessed from you is such a healthy expression Mm. of the masculine Mm. presence structure of that focused effort. Um, where, where did that, develop from do you think that was early childhood was that sports being an athlete is that mentors later in life
1: all the above all yeah. the above I think as an early like my earliest recollections I would say my father but not something anything that he said but what I observed and how he acted and basically both mom and dad were immigrants from Sicily and mm-hmm. they came here and really didn't have much and so my dad did manual labor for most of his life so mm-hmm. he was uh He worked first in landscaping. He was also a pastry cook, chef, or whatever. Um, Actually, funny story. Him and my mom worked for rival pastry shops. (laughs) And, like, there's still arguments to this day, like, who makes the best. Who did it better? Who's the the best cannolis and stuff. Like, I was at Lorenzo's. (laughs) We had the best. We had the lines. Yeah. My dad was, I did wedding cakes all day. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, <laughs> but he, you know, in the marble, then he went into marble and granite and he mm-hmm. was basically on his hands and knees seven mm-hmm. days a week for 12 plus hour days, supporting an entire family, mm-hmm. his brothers, his sisters, even his parents, he was mm-hmm. the major breadwinner in the family. Mm-hmm. And so as a kid, I mean, I didn't see him when I was really young, super, you know, tremendously, but I knew like, Oh, dad's at work. And I just, every time I would see him, I was like, I think it really did ingrain in me, like what it is to have that discipline, that commitment, that hard work mentality, and really to m- to be self-made, to, to, to come from nothing, to make something for your family. So I observed that, I would say, first in him. And then, man, I've been really, really blessed to have some amazing coaches. Uh, I started off as a gymnast, and my like I would say the coach that had the greatest impact on me was a guy named Krasimir Dunev. So he was a two-time Olympian for Bulgaria. Um, he was a specialist on the high bar and the first person in history at the time I think he did this one in 96 to do six complete release moves consecutively on the high bar. And it was just the, the dude was uh, uh, I mean, he grew up in the Soviet system. So he was not only jacked <laughs> and looked like a beast, but he was also, in my opinion, very funny, very kind, very like um, he never really expressed vulnerability in the mm-hmm. trainings. But he, he was like as a role model as a kid he was really what I was, Mm. uh, striving to be. Mm. And then from there, mentors in powerlifting, I had some great mentors there. I was training at Louis Simmons Westside Barbell for a time about a month when I was 18, um, spent very focused time working with Paul check two and a half years. And so thankfully, thankfully, and I would say Paul's been the most recent, I would say significant mentor that I've had. And Mm -hmm. I've been studying Paul's work since I was 18 and then finally getting the chance to work with him one on one for those two and a half years, I went to him to heal and and to rehab a, an orthopedic issue. But as you can imagine, it's like way like we we'd spend I, we would be deadlifting together. He would train with me on a mm-hmm. lot of the sessions. We'd be deadlifting, and then he'd go way off in left field in the middle of a set, and like an hour would go by. He's like how did we get there? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't start. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he's been such, such an incredible influence and mentor way more than just a a coach, a teacher, a friend. Um, So a lot of the things that I do today have been in some way, shape or form, I would say impacted or influenced uh, from my style of training and teaching to um, a lot of my interest in a lot of the self-development space has been positively influenced by Paul. Yeah. Yeah, so much wisdom. Dude, the dude's <laughs> incredible. Yeah,
0: next level. Love it. So, um, if you're if you're open to it, I, I'd like to ask you about um your father. You you brought up your father early on and like the really positive example he set for you for hard work. Um, as you're in your thirties and father's aging as well, I know I know he's he's going through some health issues which we were just talking about. Um, what does that bring up for Mike and it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough
1: to see someone that you care so deeply for who has been such a pillar in my life, in my family's life. He's been the, um, he's always been like, he's the one with the infinite gas tank. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in the family business for eight years, I mean, it was, I think I have a pretty good gas tank in terms <laughs> of how much I can, keep up and stay focused and motivated and stuff. I mean, me and my brother would be blown away. I mean, he just from trade shows, how much he could put in and come back the next day at 5. AM or 4.30 AM, Been already doing calls for an hour with uh, our factory in Korea or whatever. <laughs> like Jesus. this yeah. guy. <laughs> so he's been really just the epitome yeah. for us of just like, um, just someone who's a strong fatherly figure role model. And it's, it's been very challenging to, to observe him struggling in this time and also one of the greatest gifts. And I think really it's like the, the, the gold is how to, how do we associate and connect meeting with pain? Mm. And so as painful as it's been to witness him going through it, one of the things that I've really realized is I also have a place to support him in his healing. Mm. And so, and then the other thing too is like, you know, now once a week I'm going over to train him physically. And as we were briefly talking mm. I could train someone in my sleep, you know, in my sleep, like literally But 1% of I think I really just know in my heart, the time that we spend together is about training. It's literally my uh, showing up, being there, holding space, taking in through breath work and just being that reoccurring positive energy because with any health condition, especially more serious ones, I would say. The state of our mental, our mental state is as important, if not more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like if we lose that and we start losing hope and we start losing a little bit of optimism and the hope at the end of the Mm -hmm. tunnel, it's really fucking hard to get out of that. So to not only witness it, but be there for him. And that has been one of the greatest gifts, especially because transitioning out of the family business was also very painful. Mm. Um, Like I said earlier, you know, small Sicilian family. The loyalty is tight, uh-huh. the, the roots are deep. And so finding my own identity outside of that and really finding and paving my path was 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 quite painful. And so to heal that relationship and to now be able to be there for him and the fact that he's going through his challenges right now in a time after we've really healed a lot of mm-hmm. it, um, everything happens at the perfect time. And so I'm very grateful for that. But then the other thing too is that I've really learned and realized is whether it's through... Medicine work, breath work, introspective work—there is so much healing that I can do via um, the role that I play as a son. You know, is there anything I always ask? Like, um, this was one of the one of the greatest, greatest—I would say—healing and aha moments that I had in a medicine experience was experiencing what I would call the the vibration or the field of prayer. And at the end of this medicine experience. Uh, it was as if I had stepped into a pool. Like that's how thick the environment was. And it was the, the field of, of prayer. And in that field, I connected with my heart and asked for everything that I wanted. I wanted my dad to be healthy and vital. I want a healthy and thriving relationship with my partner. I want kids, all these things. Mm-hmm. But it completely felt ev- filled every mm-hmm. cell in my body. And so now, whether it's through medicine work or introspective work, really, really focusing On that prayer of healing for my dad, I know is um, Contributing to him in a healthy way and doing my part to heal ancestral traumas or things that he you know Or I came into this life with so, uh, those are two big 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 opportunities for me right now.
0: Yeah beautiful and One thing that just came to me as you were sharing that that prayer vibration was an experience that we shared together along with like 20 other men Mm. Um, what about six, seven months wow. ago? Yeah. And that was, I forgot about, wow. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'll drop a little context and then we'll, we'll get into that. Um, we were at a men's retreat in Austin in December and, uh, we had just come out of ceremony or we're still technically <laughs> <laughs> coming towards the tail end of ceremony. And, and I think you mentioned something to, to Danny, uh, who's leading that ceremony about holding, holding space for your father, who I think you had just found out or recently that he was having the health issues and that one statement uh, or that one having the courage to ask for support, speaking just a few words turned into one of the most beautiful moments that, that I've shared with 20 men. And it was all in the context of honoring our fathers. And that was all because you you brought the group together and it started with a few of us and we found a perfect spot and we sat down and and then all of a sudden more people were joining and more people were joining and we're filling them in on what we're doing. And then by the time we completed, we had the whole retreat that was sitting in a circle and um, we were sharing uh, what we, what was it, what we loved or what we learned from our father? Think maybe a little I think both. Was, I
1: think it was a little bit of both, yeah. I think it was like what we learned from our father. Yeah, yeah, that's made us who we are.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in that experience, that was I felt like what you described of that prayer vibration of like just full electricity in my body with all of these men like sharing vulnerably from the heart. And you know, I I also had a, a challenging relationship with my father, especially as I made decisions that. He didn't always agree with and it went a different way. And I think in that moment, um, something shifted within me and, and with my relationship with my father, because I realized that a lot of the things that I was holding against him were things that I really admired in him. Mm. And in sharing in that circle and hearing all the other men share, um, there was a lot of compassion and acceptance for the man that I butt, butted heads with so many times. Um, mm. so I just want to thank you for making that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I
1: remember that moment very, uh, I forgot about it honestly until Mm. now. And that was so special and it was, you know, obviously we're each unique, having unique experiences and, and, and to hear how different, Mm -hmm. everybody's relationship with their body a lot of times and speaking for myself but i do think it's true for many people it's like when we think about the challenges that we're having for me it's like oh i'm maybe the only one going through this (laughs) and then i was like oh my god half the group their fathers have gone through very significant health issues some of the same that my dad are going Mm -hmm. through or battle with really challenging shit Mm -hmm. and so to hear um the challenges that they experienced, what they learned, what they appreciated, how a lot of the the gifts that their their their, their father gave, you know, mm-hmm. just by being who he was, like mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is so special and yeah, you're exactly right. What started as just me me actually going to Danny and yeah. I was Danny, would <laughs> you uh would you mind if we just, you know, said a little prayer for my dad? I think it'd be really special. <laughs> and he's like, Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah man. Let's, let's right go. Now. Yeah, right now. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, and then we went over and it grew, but that was also a learning lesson mm-hmm. for me because I also find it um, very challenging or have experienced challenge around asking for support. Mm-hmm. Um That like speaking that to be vulnerable enough to ask especially from brothers Mm -hmm. a moment like that and then seeing not just you know how it manifested and how it helped everybody else in that process I was like just reflecting on that in that moment I was like wow this is incredible Mm -hmm. you know just asking for help can also help so Mm -hmm. many people and that was just uh, the the multiplication effect of that moment Uh, I'm so happy you brought it up right Mm -hmm. now because that is so I'm going to think about that, uh, tonight very much. So. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. I was just reflecting with Nico a few minutes before we came on here and he was, he was referencing how he's only really been with you physically in person a couple of times. And I realized, Oh shit. Same with me. I mean, we haven't, mm. but hung out maybe just a handful of times. Mm. And some of those were very, very deep, <laughs> <laughs> like very deep. But, um, huh. Reflecting on how uh, those two retreats—the one in August, the one in December—and the, the the permission that was given for the men that were there—it um, it felt like like that was the reason that happened. Is because like I witnessed like guys showing up in a very different way because we were all holding space for each other, and there was this like beautiful um, like rising together moment. Is is how I would describe it. Um, <laughs> one, one of which was, was my, my favorite of you. What, what was <laughs> On the it? In the August one in Colorado. Okay. when When you were having your battle with yourself, and I was having my battle with myself, we just happened to be like 50 feet away from oh, each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I was face down in the dirt, and you were kicking the mountains. and <laughs> I
1: may or may not have been naked at this yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> shooting stars out of my legs. Yo. Like.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and just like it, it reminds me. Um, it just like <laughs> it, it reminded me of like how when we are completely vulnerable, which is the topic of this podcast when we're completely ourselves, um we just uh attract everything that we need. It's it's um it's like the sense of um, all I needed to do was ask. All I needed to do was open my mouth. And I feel like um, that those two experiences were a really good reminder to me of like, oh, all we have to do is just support each other and, and raise each other up. And, um, you know, I had, I had a similar pattern to you going into that August one where I, I was just so deathly afraid of asking for support. It wasn't even in my reality. And I realized... That, uh, in that I was like, oh shit, I had to bring all these men together for my own healing. <laughs> I was like, this is for me. Wow. I was like, and cause I had to be supported so deeply there. And, um, yeah, is, is very humbling. Uh, very humbling.
1: Well, you know what I was thinking? Yes, absolutely. All you have to do is ask sometimes. And also too, what was so special about that particular retreat that I really learned was, uh, on day one, I was serving combo, mm-hmm. and that was one of the most special experiences I've ever had serving combo. And and not only was it you know just so hard open to support that group of just amazing men, but I had you, I had Bloodso, and we had Danny mm-hmm. assisting. Mm-hmm. And what the coolest thing was is as we're serving small groups of four at a time, more or less, there wasn't much spoken between each mm-hmm. of us, but. You Just from either eye contact or just feeling into each other's energy, you knew exactly Mm -hmm. when I needed help and I didn't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the person as I was moving to the next person, that person was going to be fucking taken care of. Mm -hmm. And incredible space was going to be held. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. trust among brothers. And so um, I remember, I don't even think I even asked for help once or can you sit, it was just Mm -hmm. known. And I think energetically, when you show up into that space, that space of openness, strength, vulnerability, connections with your brothers, you know Mm -hmm. when someone needs support. And that's also, too, like I had, uh, now I don't even remember what retreat it was, but uh, we were sitting down, and you had helped me through some very challenging stuff. Um, And it all started by me choosing a bracelet for my partner. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And you had sat right next to me. But in some way, shape, or form, you knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I imagine that you knew me, otherwise you wouldn't have been there mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have felt the call to ask certain questions. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most beautiful and profound healing moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was, for me, it was that moment of connection, energetically felt that your brother needs support. Yeah. And so sometimes you don't even have to ask, but if mm-hmm. that doorway is open, mm-hmm. then fuck, it's amazing who sometimes shows up and who shows up is oftentimes, if not always, who's meant to show up. And that core group of guys, it was you, it was Brooks. Uh, Nico was there holding mm-hmm. me and supporting me from behind. And, uh, and then the people doing energy work as well on me. Um, Brian's, like Sean, all these guys, everyone came together. And in the moment, I was going through it so heavily that I had my eyes closed. And I was purging and going through so much stuff. And i one of the most special moments of my life was mm-hmm. when I opened my eyes and I saw a group of almost 30 men sitting down holding space and when I went into it it was only us two to three Mm -hmm. and I had no idea that for the next 30 or 40 minutes or whatever it was that I was in it that I had a whole group of people there holding space and so to those brothers who were there and to all of our brothers out there Mm -hmm. like thank you Mm -hmm. that that moment was (laughs) something that I'm taking with me and um Sometimes we don't even
0: know it and we are being supported. Mm. That was, that was one of the most powerful moments I've been a part of. Yeah. And the, the level of this, Oh man, this podcast is healing for me. The level, like what this is reminding me of is, is the level of um, like, I've got you, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to say like, I fucking got you. And oh, there's been so many moments, um, with you and with our brothers where, you know, I lived my whole life. Think having the story that I was so strong that no one could get me the way that I get others. And when I'm in the presence of, of my brothers, you and, and our, our crew, it's just this reminder of like, look, I don't have to hold it all. I don't have to carry it at all. And, 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 you were such a good example of those in those retreats because I see you as one of the strongest men there. And when you showed up that way, it gave all those men that were there permission to do so Mm -hmm. and be held and be got by each other. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. When
1: I think about that, I also think about how like at certain times we do step up and we do hold it for the group. Mm -hmm. But then at times we take a step back. And I think that also gives us just a rest, mm-hmm. a rest so we can recharge and refill. Like I know that if I'm, you know, on my day to serve, mm-hmm. it's it's me to really show up at the highest level. And even within that, I've got support from the group. And then at times I need to retreat and there's healing that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you step up. And then at times, like you were saying, you need to do work on you. And it's this beauty that I got Eunice, that you mm-hmm. just said is exactly, and it was almost like a, not a chess match, but it was like, uh, everything moving in synchronicity. Mm-hmm. And when one person was needed to step up and share their gifts and take the lead, that person was there. Yeah. And it, I really do feel it contributed to such an incredible container. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never been a part of anything like that mm-hmm. where everyone's sharing their gifts and also knowing that even the leaders need support. Yeah. And I think that's one of the healthiest things because when I think about things to like why we get sick, Oftentimes, like even in myself, it's when I've stayed in an identity too long Mm -hmm. or when I've pushed for too long, this chronic Mm -hmm. stress too long, mental, emotionally, physically, spirit, whatever it is, when I've stayed in that thing too long and didn't allow myself the moment of pause and of rest and trust that I can take that step back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking right now, and it's giving me chills that I remember. I didn't even know Nico was behind me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And when I laid back or when I leaned back, I had Nico grabbing me from behind, mm-hmm. you know, telling me, I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. And I didn't even know whose arms that was until I heard his voice. And I was like, my brother's got me. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for me to heal. Mm-hmm. And we all do that for each other. And, yeah. and to have a container like that is one of the most special things I think mm-hmm. anyone can experience, especially men.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it was like this micro, it is this little microcosm environment of community and relationships. And I think it's what so many people are seeking. And, and it was a reminder that it's always there. Like we, we just, we set the intention and it was a container, but it's always there. Like those same people are always there for us. Um, And that, that, yeah. <laughs> brings me to, um, something I wanted to, to bring up today was, um, now that we're talking about like, I got you-ness and being supported, um, when I first met you, when I was at your house last, you were sharing with me how excited you were about this new relationship that you had just met, (laughs) you had just met her and, um, (laughs) this is a little over a year ago, right? Yeah, you know, it was like May last year. And um yeah, what I've what I've witnessed from you two, both in person in December and then from afar, has just been such a beautiful example of that I got you ness. So tell me a li- tell us a little bit about um what, what happened? Cause I, re- I remember this conversation. We were sitting on the beanbags downstairs and you shared, you're like, yeah, I haven't really been dating for five years. I don't know what Eight it years. was. Eight years. Eight years. And you're like, Phew. I'm like, and this woman. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, dude. Wow. Um, I mean, talk about being in the athlete arbitrage type <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Basically, if, if it didn't have a, a kettlebell or a bar <laughs> you know, or some chalk in the area, I wasn't stepping forward. And, uh, yeah. And also it w- was also definitely uh, healing from past trauma and uh, for sure. And so to feel safe enough to even, I'm the type of guy, like when I'm in, I'm all in. And until I feel that sense of alignment or I, t- I feel like you said it perfectly, this person's got my back. And I honestly haven't experienced or felt someone at that level who's got my back until I really started connecting with Lauren. And for us, I honestly have to give so much thanks and gratitude to the medicine because, um, man, I've known Lauren for probably like now, I think like 10-ish years, but only just been pals, friends Mm -hmm. taking courses together into similar stuff. But I actually invited her to a medicine ceremony that my friends uh, were hosting where we're going to go tomorrow at their retreat, retreat the same people. And they had served medicine. It was at the end of the night. Uh, After closing was done, everyone was basically asleep. We had all snacked on some some good food and such. And I forgot, or maybe I didn't forget, I don't know, (laughs) that I had uh, (laughs) re-upped in the middle of the the, the ceremony. And so um, I felt fine. And in my friend's house, there's different rooms where people can sleep. And so it was Lauren's first time at this space. So the host, my friends, were taking her around, showing her sleep wherever you'd like. And I had already gone to my favorite place in the house. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, big, massive beanbag cushion. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got the center room. I'm going there. So I lay down. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) I start feeling it again. (laughs) And I'm like, huh. And then Lauren gets walked in and she goes, "Uh, Mike, is it okay if I sleep here? And it was a big cushion. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then as she's sitting down, I'm like, hold it. (laughs) Don't move. Or something like (laughs) that. (laughs) And she's like, what? What's up? And I'm like about to go deep (laughs) I'm about to go back in (laughs) she's like all right and so literally for the next i don't know six hours until daylight i was fighting a metaphorical dragon it was Uh, one of the most challenging challenging experiences i've ever had and i couldn't speak i couldn't even utter words all i could do was breathe and cry basically and she basically sat with me all night Mm -hmm. didn't say anything And we were basically, uh, there was like, we just basically, I think there was a light embrace on the shoulder as Mm -hmm. she just held space for me all night Mm -hmm. or just sat a few inches away. And the feeling, like there was no word spoken, Mm. not one, except actually (laughs) two words. (laughs) Twice I could utter, thank you, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And I was so grateful. (sighs) And I just remember an overwhelming Mm. an overwhelming feeling like, holy fuck, this girl's got my back. Mm. This girl's got my back. And then we connected outside of ceremony just to talk about what came up. And like, cause she didn't know exactly what I was going through. She just knew something heavy was coming up. And we just, she just held space and knew that what she had shared is she just felt uh, a feeling just to be there for me. Mm -hmm. And she was going through her process as well in that Mm -hmm. time too, cause the medicine was still in. But then when we connected a few days later, you know, I shared and, and we just had such a deep connection. So I, I have to give tremendous thanks for the medicine, but also to both of us for being vulnerable enough to go there. And since that moment, the amount of moments with and without medicine, oftentimes without, mm-hmm. the amount that we've both shown up for each other um, has really built a level of trust that I didn't even know was possible. And so one of the coolest things that, you know, when I ask people, uh, are there any differences that they've noticed? Or they'll honestly just tell me. Like, yeah. you're very different from yeah, when you met been yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm curious. Tell yeah, me. Yeah. What do you notice? <laughs> and honestly, one of the coolest fucking things is I think every single person has mentioned how much more playful yeah. I am and oh. joking. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And I don't think I had a stick up my ass or anything like that before. But, like, again, one track. I Mm -hmm. was one track and I really do believe that as structured as I am and how much that's benefited me, the fluidity and what she's brought in and the vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. I mean, almost every day or every other day we do like a meditation together and Mm -hmm. we sit together and we share and that trust and that repetition, going back to the repetition, like Mm -hmm. almost building ritual, building Mm -hmm. a little bit of structure within that has been so fucking healing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm still completely blown away and I still catch myself like Mm -hmm. thinking, how in the world did this happen for eight flipping years? (laughs) not I dated one girl for maybe two months in eight years and that was it. And then all of a sudden, like Mm. so many things have changed and the amount, like you were saying with me and you and me and Nico, I really do believe that sometimes it's really not even the repetition, but it's the depth Uh of the connection in those moments. And so I could see you 10 years from now. And I know it's going to be back to the beginning. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I love that. You know, I hadn't I hadn't heard that story before (laughs) of how you guys actually connected for the first time, and uh, what like a beautiful foundation to like almost start. I know you knew each other, but start the relationship on of like complete surrender and vulnerability. Like, you can only like deepen from there. (laughs) You're not. I mean. Yeah, you're not starting with this, like, fake dinner day, like, what do you do? What do you you about this? It's like, nope, here's my soul. <laughs> Dude, I
1: remember going on a date. I went on, like, a few, uh, inter- what is it, uh, yeah. match yeah. dates or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I remember I dated this one girl. Like, wait, my friends joke, they call her the slow eater. <laughs> literally, literally, she <laughs> was eating, uh, a really nice gal, but was eating, like, I don't know, it was, like, salmon and, like, pulling the fibers of each piece it was a three-hour meal for one dish whoa and i remember going in the bathroom like literally (laughs) it would look like i'm throwing a chin. like what the fuck can't (laughs) take it i'm done i'm done this is over (sighs) all right and then i go back super cool yeah
0: let it out all right all right i'm
1: back in but i was just like man um i i it's funny because there there was this uh, psychic that i was working with and she's i was like man why haven't i been with gals in 8 years and yeah. she's like well people keep coming to the front door and it just doesn't feel like an alignment or whatever and you close it right away Yeah. and she's like lauren got the key, the back door keys yep. and she got herself <laughs> yeah. right in all the way to the second story and yep. she just and i was like it's so true like yeah. that moment of medicine when that vulnerability has mm-hmm. just opened up the, the depth uh, of the connection is 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 so deep and so at a heart level and at a soul level, I knew there was something more than that Mm -hmm. um, there. So,
0: yeah. So, (laughs) so beautiful. And and like witnessing you two together uh, in December. And I Mm -hmm. think that was the first time I'd seen you two together. And that was like Mm -hmm. deep and intimate and beautiful. And I just want to share, like I'm learning so much from you and from some of our other brothers about completely trusting and surrendering into that woman. And I witnessed, I witnessed it happen many times throughout that, that weekend. And, um, it was such an honor. It really was to witness that. What, um, what ways do you, uh, see yourself changing as a result of being with Lauren?
1: Um, as I mentioned, like the first thing that comes up is like, there's a, I mean, I guess it's always been there to some extent, but I would say buried under the covers is this super just playful goofball just like, and a lot of people on social media don't really see that because I yeah. post mostly movement stuff, but like, man, like, I've got, I'm not saying I'm a good dancer, but I got dance moves, I got voices, all this sorts of stuff, yeah. and so to not only be able to share that with someone to actually, but actually have it be encouraged and welcomed and mm. the joke and to actually have that person enjoy those parts of me. It's like it and celebrate it. I'm like, mm. wow, I've always, I would say, and like, enjoyed my own presence and I love myself and I'm really finding a whole new level there. Mm. Like, man, I really do enjoy, you know, these other <laughs> new aspects that I'm even <laughs> discovering right now. So I think the first thing that comes up is just that deep sense of, of playfulness Uh, that I have and that um, I want to bring more out with more people and and more relationships. Um, Man, the other biggest change I would probably say is in many ways, I think when you're with a partner in certain aspects, they know you better than you know you. (laughs) And so they can point things out. And so one of the things that I, I will say I've done a much better job, but I didn't realize a fraction of a fraction of a fraction Of how poorly I talk to myself Mm. And so like Or if I say something good How I'll spin it and reframe it And talk poorly because that means There's more room for improvement Mm. And more than I can achieve And she would always tell me She goes please don't talk to my friend like that And it would just Hit me and I'm like Oh but I had no idea how tough I've been mm-hmm. on myself. And I do think a lot of that stems from childhood mm-hmm. and what I learned or observed from from my experience of my parents. And um, and just, it served me very well from a sports perspective. Mm-hmm. And so there's a light and a shadow to everything. And mm-hmm. so that same constant seek of, of improvement and how can I be better, what did I do wrong? Let's reassess, let's go to the mm-hmm. whiteboard and then let's re-execute. But on the emotional stuff... It's really painful. And so to have someone there to not only bring those in a loving way mm-hmm. and not like a judgmental, like, hey, you're being an asshole again. Like, hey, please don't talk to my friend that way. And then to have someone that can also hold space mm-hmm. for me to go through that and to heal that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and again, it, it's I really do believe it's been so deeply rooted that it's not like a one time thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's like I, when it comes back, I need to be reminded and need to be held, mm-hmm. and to go back in that builds a new pattern, mm-hmm. and so that's been one of the biggest changes that I've noticed within myself as
0: well. Yeah, I notice that, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely notice the the lightness. Mm. Like even I mean, it's been a while since we've seen each other, and like even since then, so much lighter and that's joyful. So cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, uh, one thing that. Someone said to me "It was like this this idea that true love isn't about keeping score And when I witness you too, it's like it's like this beautiful dance Between like supporting each other and who's being supported and you're doing this and you're doing that And it there's like no judgment at all of like, oh you need me right now or like i'm here for you And there's no scorekeeping whatsoever mm. It's beautiful.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I love that mm-hmm. it feels that way. It really really does and i'm like um, I'm very honored very honored mm-hmm. to have her in my life mm-hmm. you know it's uh, we developed just a a level of friendship that I didn't know was there or never didn't know mm-hmm. could be there and I think that's where a lot of the the things that, that held me back in the past, I'm like, if it's not a this way, mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste my time. Mm-hmm. And it's completely, again, through the back door. I yeah. didn't even know that it could be like this. And mm-hmm. so I think also the story that I had told myself was like uh, being in a relationship or a partnership is going to hold me back. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm the hours that I spend with this, uh, this lady, this gal is going to take away from the hours I could be training or mm-hmm. creating something. And I had no idea that I can have both. Mm. And then not only can I have both, but now I actually have a a, a deeper purpose or reason why to do it. And I've got more clarity on what to say yes to and Mm. what to fucking say no to, Mm. because I want to be there with her. I want to share these experiences. And so before it was all about me, but now it's about me and us and where we create. And so it's changed, um, uh, it's given again decisions. It's given me uh, I would say like a, a larger north star mm-hmm. and help point me in a direction that is like um, It feels a whole hell of a lot better. Yeah, said simply
0: <laughs> Do you think it's possible to prepare for that or is the only way to do it to be in it like that consideration of others? Hmm
1: I had to get <laughs> thrown in the, I don't want to say thrown in the fire, but I had to get knocked upside the head because I'm one hard, I'm like Sicilian, right? So like hard head and (laughs) I needed to get thrown in it. Yeah. And that's why I really do. And I'm still like shocked. I'm like, I'm so grateful for that medicine Mm -hmm. because I don't know how long it would have taken me to wake up. It's like, it's like you have a tree and the roots are being shaken or the the, the the trunk is being shaken so the dead leaves can fall off. Mm. And it's like, I really do believe I needed that moment and her to be there and me to be there and to be in that state for me to actually open up and take down so many of the walls that I built. And what I found at what one of the things that I really do believe was part of that dragon was... I do believe that my soul and my heart knew that there was an incredible connection there. Mm -hmm. In ceremony, there was no intimate, like, no, none of that stuff. Respect the space. But, like, one of the things that I will say is, like, I do feel that so much of me knew that there was something more there. Mm -hmm. And that fucking scared the shit out of me. And so it was like, this girl's got my back. Oh, my God. Like, this is, is this really happening Okay, I, I'm feeling so much. No, 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 no. You can't go there. No, 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 no. <laughs> that That's too painful. You remember what happened last time? No, yeah. no, 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 no. And then it was this oscillation. It was <laughs> fucking like fighting a dragon. Battle, yeah. A battle. Mm-hmm. The whole night. The whole night. And then at one point, I was so tired yeah. that I just like, I just basically gave up. And I'm like, whatever's meant to be will be, but right now I just need to rest. Right. And, uh, it was in the weeks and the months and even now later reflecting back on those things. And I'm like, it took that to shake the tree, to mm-hmm. let the dead leaves fall, to open to this stuff and to give her the keys to the back door yeah. to <laughs> dive into this experience. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was just having this conversation with, uh, I was having a call with a man earlier. Uh, w- he was inquiring a lot about medicine work and, I actually shared a similar experience about why I I think that some medicines are really useful for me because it's, it's almost like it, it's so relentless that like even my stubbornness can't hold up that long and I just get exhausted and it's in the exhaustion that I'm like, okay. Okay. (laughs) I got it. (laughs)
1: But you're a fighter.
0: Yeah. You're a fighter. And you'll go. Yeah. You'll
1: go. And Mm -hmm. until you're full, you got nothing in the tank. Yep. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that fighter needs to be there. Right. Right? There's a place for the war. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I loved how you structured the retreat via the archetypes and uh-huh. it's like it's learning a healthy balance within each one mm-hmm. and it's like at times we need the warrior yeah and also there's a healthy and an unhealthy component to that so mm-hmm. i think part of it it's it's like you were saying knowing when there's a time in the place for that to come out mm-hmm. um but in this
0: place <laughs> it'll kick your butt <laughs> kick your butt, <laughs> kick your butt. <laughs> yeah and so many times like my um i wanted to c- come back to this because i know it's been a big part of your journey over the last year and a a a medicine that has kicked my butt in the past. And I'm learning to work with is the frog mm. this combo. And, um, I've sat with you a few times now and, uh, some of the most powerful experiences that medicine has, has always called me since I've started with it. And, um, yeah, I know there's a, there's a transition happening and I sat with you, um, few months ago and i know some things have shifted for you mm. as it relates to the medicine man that serves combo yeah you i mean you were like combo man to me <laughs> like anytime we talk about it, like yeah Mike's the best and i was like go see yeah yeah and um yeah what I, what i shared with you and uh it was it was immediately after that experience and i think every time i've sat with you it was the way you hold space and the integrity of the container that you hold is, is Mm, world-class world-class. Um, and I know that it's shifting for you. So where, where are you at currently with medicine man Mm. (laughs) combo (laughs) practitioner?
1: Um, man, there's so much, uh, so much shifting. You know, I think the, the common thread though, Whatever the path is, is I absolutely love, and am so fucking honored to be able to hold space and to witness and to support someone in their own healing and their own growth. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be able to do that with whatever you know. What I've realized is combo is an incredible tool, mm-hmm. and it is a tool. Mm-hmm. But really, I think the value that I'm learning that I bring, and I'm asking actually my closest. This is actually a question I'm going to ask you after cool. uh, is. My closest friends who I've worked with and such like, what's my superpower? What have you really, you know, mm-hmm. where would you say that I've, provided uh, provide a lot of value, mm-hmm. you know, and of the, I think five friends that I've asked almost all of them so far. And I asked Nico right before this podcast, almost all of them, if I think all of them have actually said it's in some way, shape or form, they've used these words. It's the intangible. Mm-hmm. It's how you show up and how you hold space and mm-hmm. your level of expect, ex- uh, acceptance and welcoming and, um, that's really something that whether it's with combo or with anything else, I'm doing some, some cool stuff with now drumming Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to take Mongolian throat singing. So I'm exploring (laughs) all these things. Yeah. um, And I've never been really in this space of pure just exploration at this, in this way, Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm really exploring other tools that I can bring into and therefore, In a given space, whether it's a one on one in our group ceremony, what would be the most service? But the thing, the thread that's underneath all that is truly wanting to hold space and to be there in support. Mm -hmm. And um, so, with regards to combo, one of the things, and I've always felt this, Mm -hmm. I really do think though, even more so now more than ever, I mean, with any medicine, there is, it is the highest responsibility, Mm -hmm. the fucking highest to carry that medicine with integrity to the best of your ability, to be well-trained, to serve and support people in their healing. And uh, it's something that I take um, so much to heart. And really, Mm -hmm. uh, I've learned so much. And that's also one of the reasons why I I really do enjoy combo and other stuff Mm -hmm. too. It's like it truly is, yes, the person, you know, hopefully get something positive or beneficial out of it. But man, does it nourish me Mm -hmm. as well just to be there. And to hold and to hold this medicine with integrity. So I really do think that the next stage is going to be more men's work. Mm -hmm. And I remember we've talked about this in, uh, I think actually at the last men's retreat, I actually shared, and it was scary for me to even say this. I was like, I'd like to do more specifically supporting of men. Mm -hmm. And I really do think truly the balanced man is the strong and the vulnerable man. And if it's one thing that hopefully I do just by being who I am, do a good job of, of embodying it's that because I really do believe that the heaviest weights I've ever lifted did not come from a bar. Yeah. And it's learning to build that resiliency and that confidence and that trust and that support with brothers, all those things that are really what develop a more balanced man. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very excited that I imagine in the pretty near future, I'm going to start doing more men events and, uh, I've already asked you to yeah. be a, a part, which I'm be there. so excited yeah. and to blend the physical, the mental, the mm. emotional and the spiritual in a way that uh, has served me so well. Yeah. And to provide one of the things I've really realized is when you create the container, mm-hmm. the environment is the terrain for change. Mm -hmm. And that's why so much trans one of the biggest reasons why I believe so much transformation has happened at your retreats. Mm -hmm. It's because the container that you've Mm -hmm. set and the people and everyone being on the same page of why we're there, uh, has all been dialed. And Mm -hmm. so I do envision more men's work, uh, most likely not medicine, uh, included, Mm -hmm. but things like looking at other tools that we can do, Mm -hmm. physical training practices, incorporating rituals, initiations to really help men, um, be that strong and be that vulnerable person for their families for their communities and for their loved
0: ones. Yeah. Whew. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah to more of that. <laughs> yeah, and, and um you you already answered my answer in in your own answer <laughs> of what I would say your your superpower is. Um it's the ability to hold compassion and strength at the same time. And the way you the best way I can describe it is when, when I'm in a tough spot, like either in in medicine or whatever, and I look Mike Salemi in the the eyes, I know that there's both a deep level of acceptance for whatever the fuck I'm going through with zero judgment. And then also the strength to hold me in that Mm. if required. And it's a level of like deep presence that, is just saying I'm here for you and it doesn't matter. Like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and I think the like second to that or, or it, with that as well is the level of integrity you bring to everything you do. I, I joke with people anytime they ask about you, I'm like, he fucking pisses excellence in everything. <laughs> you see the way he teaches espressos, Tom? Yeah. He's like this is excellence, <laughs> and it's just a commitment to doing it right, just doing it the right way with integrity every time, not skipping steps, um, and it's it's you know it it creates a level of safety for everyone, and there's just like a knowingness like when I observe you facilitating at those retreats and you're holding the entire container, and and I'm feeling and every man in there is feeling, oh. Mike Slimmy's leading like, Oh, we're good. (laughs) Slimmy's there. (laughs) We're good. And, um, I think that is like a really deeply embodied intangible quality that so many men are working towards. And the reason why they're so attracted to you and your men's work will be so successful is because you've done the work to embody it. It's not fake. It's like when, like I said, when I look in your eyes, there's, there's no doubt. There's no, like, is he like, being, is he like, uh, no, it's like, no, he's fucking there and he sees me and I see him and there's no fakeness there. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that is your, your absolute superpower and you can bring it to anything. That's the great part. It's you. It's (laughs) like, oh, it doesn't matter what the tool is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. That means You're the welcome. world, especially right now, as I'm, yeah, figuring out what's you mm-hmm. know what's next and how can I be of, uh, of service that that really helps. And I think um, one of the things that I would love to incorporate in some way, shape, or form into the men's work is, uh, and it doesn't have to look like by like the opposite of like a Navy SEAL thing. But Mm -hmm. some, like I think initiation is so important. And again, it doesn't have to be some crazy physical test, but um, medicine work can be an initiation. There's so many different ways Mm -hmm. that can look. Because really in in so many aspects of my life, whether it's been in sport or medicine or other things, in today's world when we don't have that built into, we don't have elders, we don't Mm -hmm. have these these, these, uh, initiations set up for us oftentimes we have to actually go out and seek seek them them. out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the retreats that you run are so fucking special Mm -hmm. because they're initiations in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're uh, containers where you couldn't have a more supportive initiation Mm -hmm. with your brothers and such. But I really do feel the confidence that I've gained over the years of putting myself in very uncomfortable situations. So many times where I remember one time when I was powerlifting and I was uh, was competing at the world championships of one organization – and this is the most weight I've ever cut, but I'd cut 30 pounds. And, uh, and I, was one fo- I cut down to 148. It was like wow. 29 pounds or something. Wow. And I remember being in the elevator, and I was something around 18, 19 years old. And my brother, who's like my best friend, has been there with me through everything. And we're in the elevator going down to the hotel, whatever floor the competition floor was. And I remember just like asking him, like, why do I keep fucking doing this? Why do I keep fucking doing this to myself like putting myself in such uncomfortable situations and then when the doors open I realized and I was like so I could step forward so I could step forward and be more the man I'm supposed to be and I really do believe you only learn that through some form of testing yourself and you know. I, did, I had his support, which was amazing, but I do feel the men's work is so powerful because if it's done in a container that is so supportive and, and with that right intention, uh, not only can you go through some of the most powerful initiations, but you will be supported. And I feel like men with one of the biggest missing things is that asking for help mm-hmm. is knowing without knowing that your brother's got your back. Yeah. And that will be there at your side. So I'm very excited. And I think if there's any aspect of myself that hopefully people will get from these retreats or anything listening to this thing, it's today to, to, to encourage people to seek out experiences that truly help you develop the whole person mm-hmm. and to grow in that. Because if we just keep sitting and back on our computer and watching what's going on in the world, dude, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. It's not helping us at all. But if you find the right group in the container and you really test yourself in certain ways, there is some amazing, amazing opportunities for growth. And that's really how I feel you develop
0: self-reliance and self-confidence. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. And more yes. And I, it feels like we're at, um, such a, like a pivotal, pivotal time for development, especially of men. And it's almost like, uh, you talked about choices and one decision earlier. I I don't know when I I made the decision for myself. I probably make it every single day. But the choosing to keep being uncomfortable and to keep growing and to keep being in integrity is so much more challenging than to be comfortable in this world today. Of just being the version of a man that like is taught to us, this like soft computer driven, like just, it takes so much more courage to stand in the world today as a man, Mm. because there's so much that's telling us not to be one. And so like the continuous decisions to seek out discomfort, to seek out growth, to seek out challenges that improve you. Um, I think that we're at this pivotal time where enough is happening to where men are being for everyone. But we're, we're talking about in the context of men are being forced to choose. It's like, are you going to keep going down that road that you've been going of, of whatever sloth and without purpose and seeking the ego material world? Are you going to, are you going to choose like a path of, Purpose and integrity Um, and man I I love that there seems to be at least in my circles like an explosion of men stepping into that because the way I see it is that every single time a man like yourself their light turns on it then has the opportunity to turn on ten more and then a hundred more and then a thousand more and um, I, I keep I, I've used this example a couple times in the show, but like when I witness the way men are showing up after just these like one week long experiences that we had together and there was nothing special about it other than the men that were there and the intention that was behind it. But there's men that are stepping into this work and they're lighting up 10 more men and 20 more men. It's fucking beautiful. It's like this hockey stick growth of exponential um and man i think the world needs more of men like like salemi and so the fact that you're stepping into that is i think it's really beautiful Thank you, Brian. yeah um what else um what else are you excited about in your life right now what's what's
1: you know, I think the the men's work is probably the the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm excited for it. I think too, like uh, originally I was planning on creating a, a a movement program right now over the next few months, and circumstances have changed, uh, external mm-hmm. stuff uh, that have kind of geared me even more towards this path. And one of the things I've realized is space, especially for someone who loves doing. <laughs> It's so critical, which is why I went to the mountains for three days. Uh And so um, I'm excited to, honestly, the the most exciting thing that I've got going is that I don't know what's coming next. Mm. I honestly don't know. But, and if there's one thing I would love to share with anyone who's listening is um, make a decision. Mm. Make one decision and just start with that, but make your decision. Mm. What's the decision right now? That you are gonna make to show up for yourself, and yes. just watch what comes from that. And so for me, one of the biggest decisions is to create regular space. Mm. And all of a sudden, I'm freaking signing up for shamanic drumming and yeah. Mongolian throat singing, and I'm having a blast. Like, yeah. And one of the things that's so cool with that, as a related side note, is um, I've never sung before. You're starting to play instruments uh-huh. and singing. And whether you want to call it the throat chakra, or whatever you want to call it, like Lauren's noticed a direct, direct influence, impact, whatever transfer mm-hmm. into my ability to open up mm-hmm. and to speak and to not hold things in mm-hmm. so much anymore. Mm-hmm. She's like, man, your, th- your throat chakra is wide <laughs> open. And I'm saying stuff yeah. and I'm just like, wow, it feels like that too. Mm-hmm. And that all came from doing more things that I've always had a curiosity around. And that came from creating space mm. and so for me one of the biggest decisions i'm making is once a quarter i am purposely creating space in my schedule for at least two to three days in solitude I love that. and let's see what happens especially in a time right now where i don't know exactly what's next but uh it's been such a fun i i haven't uh i've always known and i still can always fall back on movement stuff and i'll integrate movement for sure in whatever yeah. i do i love it i like absolutely <laughs> love it and uh, letting go of that a little bit, uh-huh. I never thought I'd sign up for a Mongolian <laughs> notes course, bro. You know the sounds that are coming. out I, uh, I actually go I practice it, in the furthest room from Lauren because I enjoy it so much that I don't want her to get annoyed as I'm practicing. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, it's no, okay, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 really. Have like, <laughs> you heard my, you know, it uh-huh. doesn't sound the prettiest right now. It's uh-huh. like guttural, uh, you know, choking and I'm choking left and right Mm. drinking water, (laughs) but, uh, I'm having a blast, man. Um, And that's very freeing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm most excited about is, is this exactly what I just shared?
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I love how cool and interesting my friends are. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there, there's this, like, uh, I found in, um, so, like diving into these things that I've had curiosity about and, and also some fear about there's this like uh, turning point or this peak where it's um, it goes from like discomfort and figuring it out to like pure enjoyment. And I realized that peak is just in our fucking minds and it can happen in a moment when you just remind yourself like, Oh, I'm just doing this for joy and for fun and for play and to explore and um, I've started realizing that as I take on more and more new things and the, the speed at which I learn them is going up exponentially every time I just accept like, oh, this is just fun. Like, can I just like not care? And when I do, don't care, it's just like learning new shit all the time.
1: Wow. <laughs> what, what you just brought up? For me is like you know I get I do get asked a fair bit on like how do I um, people ask it in all different forms but like how can I learn this faster mm-hmm. how can I learn this movement faster what will cut you know mm-hmm. uh, time in the process of learning in general mm-hmm. and I really do believe one of the biggest keys is exactly what you said if you can turn the learning process into some way shape or form play mm-hmm. fuck it's like it mm. it resonates. P- everyone I've, I'm, I imagine has heard like muscle memory and mm-hmm. those are developed by repetition but I really do believe our spirits have memory all these things yeah. like your energetic bodies have uh, they remember mm-hmm. and so whether I'm using let's say the soupless ball mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago completely new tool but my body is having so much fun and enjoying I don't I don't really give a shit about the reps the sets or the time three hours go by and all of a sudden I'm hitting positions and getting into angles uh-huh. and things I never knew I had and this throat singing literally it's play I look forward to going back it's not a chore whatsoever mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if anyone dives into Mongolian throat singing <laughs> because it's a chore to think it's gonna make them money <laughs> I don't know but I'm loving <laughs> it Yeah. so I think what you just said from a learning process I do think that's one of the most uh, untapped resources mm-hmm. if you can find a way to make it play mm-hmm. Man, watch it just snowball how quickly you learn.
0: Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I asked myself the question. um, You know how they say that, oh, it's so much easier to learn an instrument or a new language when you're a kid, right? It's like, it's so much easier to pick up skills when you're a kid. And I asked myself, I contemplated on that question. I was like, well, why is that? Well, The kid has not been corrupted by the inner critic mind that's making it the fucking job, making it the... And so when I just pick up a guitar, I'm like, oh, what would my little five-year-old self do? Not give a fuck. Like, that's what he would do. He would just... Sometimes it just looks like slamming strings just because I want to. And there's zero attachment to the outcome. And every single time I bring zero attachment to the outcome, the outcome is way more enjoyable. And it doesn't matter what the grade is of it. It's more enjoyable, which is why I'm doing it.
1: <laughs> That's spot on. One of the first, the first thing that I thought of was when I was, uh, so in college I spent a year living in Rome, mm-hmm. or uh, Rome and then Tuscany. And uh, I was studying and then working out there. And I remember at that time being that's like when I was in the height of powerlifting and all that stuff. So I was so self-critical. Mm-hmm. And every word before I'd even say it, I'd think and I'd analyze and then how I said it, I would beat the shit out of myself. Mm. And just and I remember like I could speak well and I took university classes there, but the learning curve was so challenging. Mm. And then literally 12 years later, just in the last four years, I've returned to Italy to teach movement. And I've had so much fear every time I've gone. I'm like, dude, I've never fucking taught movement in Italian. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, like, I don't know how to do that. I haven't spoken like real at it- my family. Sicilian. We speak Sicilian a little bit, yeah. but Italian, I'm like, man, what am I going to do out there? How am I going to, how am I going to lead Bulgarian bag? Like uh-huh. teach and move your hips in this direction. And, what I found was is even I actually stayed with roommates that I had when I lived out there. They were like, "Dude, where have you been speaking?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "You're fucking speaking amazing." Whoa. I was like, "What? Really?" And I thought about it and like even just getting, uh, buying uh, tickets for the tram or getting food Mm -hmm. and then translated to teaching. And I did have to study some words that I didn't know anatomy words, Mm -hmm. but I was so blown away at the fluidity at which I was teaching and speaking. And I was like, what's changed? And I realized I didn't give a fuck <laughs> if I did it wrong. Yeah. And I even would, I'd start the class and I'd be like, hey guys, like it's been some years since I've spoken Italian. This is my first time presenting on this stuff. So if you can bear with me, you know, uh, I'd really appreciate it. And not only was everyone super cool, but that, that was what I said to give myself permission, permission to F yeah. up. Yeah. And as soon as I did that and I'm looking at videos when people are recording on Insta for their Instagram or shooting videos of techniques, I'm like, How did I do that? It used to be, and I remember, I used to be exhausted at the end of a day of trying to speak Italian. Mm. And at the end of teaching eight hours of movement in Italy, I was like charged up. Mm. And I was like, not only was it so much easier and more fluidic and better, but I'm actually invigorated with energy. Mm. And what's changing? Exactly what you said, that inner critic voice was turned down a little Mm -hmm. bit or largely a large bit. And that made the largest difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And I could actually settle into being more who Mike is. Yeah. And who I want Mike to be when I show up as opposed to holding back. And no, no, don't say that. They're going to judge you for that. Fuck it. Let's have some fun. Let's yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. You know, let's mess up. Let's make some analogies that nobody understands. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's
0: so much more fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh Man, it's it's like completely eliminating the resistance you don't realize like how easy it can be how, how fast it can be it's like um I always say like it's the difference between making this like pushing a weighted sled uphill versus rolling a ball down the hill like learning a language can be like rolling a ball down a hill yeah um I love that mm. So, um, one thing I like to, well, first off, before I go to the closing question, um, where can people find Mike Salemi? Mm. Where can people interact with him?
1: Thank you. The, the best place I'm most active on Instagram, which is just my name, Mike.Salemi. But if people go to my website, which is MikeSalemi.io, not .com, uh, if anybody's interested in especially a more intentional way to train, to prepare the body, to train, to recover, uh, to incorporate more of a holistic aspect of what they do when they approach training at the bottom of my website I just created a I think it's like called a, a 55 commonly overlooked things that people need to train more intentionally They can download that if they're interested send me questions, but Instagram is the best place and that's also my website
0: Hell yes, go check them out uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mike slemy is one of the best top movement coaches I've ever experienced and the way that you coach, um, cause you, you, I don't even know if you know, you may or may not know. I, I had over a decade in the fitness industry. I owned a gym. I coached thousands of people. And one of the reasons why I left is, is I actually noticed getting out of integrity with, I was training people a certain way. And I also didn't quite believe in what I was doing. I wanted it to go deeper. I wanted it to be more holistic and the way you teach and coach and every time I've experienced you, it's exactly what I was looking for at that time of like being so much more intentional with physical training. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't have that example. And so it actually, I, I ended up leaving the fitness industry because um, I couldn't reconcile that. I couldn't quite create it uh, for, for the, the gym and the program that I had. Um, but the way you do it is so integrated, and I think it's beautiful that you've been able to make that transition. Because we all start in the the traditional reps and sets and just more weight. I mean, I imagine you started in that world. Fortunately, I had some good mentors that taught you a little bit more about <laughs> movement than just yeah. that. But um, yeah, go check go check out Mike Slemmy, folks. Um, the the program Kettlebell Lifestyle,
1: Kettlebell Lifestyle. Yep. Yeah, fuck yeah
0: and um stay tuned for more uh mongolian throat singing and <laughs> men's <laughs> yeah um yeah i want i want to be witness to the first mongolian throat singing concert
1: you got front row seats bro perfect front row seat you'll be perfect. the only one in the front row but it'll be great <laughs> it'll be great uh, mate lord will be there uh, okay you know, yeah perfect basil we'll our s- dog <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's pretty (laughs) nonjudgmental. He's, he's super chill. (laughs) (laughs) He's very loving. Just, just like his owners. Um, so the, the question I've been closing out every episode with, with, which is the, the theme of this podcast, uh, which this episode has absolutely nailed is vulnerability. And what does vulnerability mean to Mike Salami? The first word that
1: comes up is courage and so the courage (laughs) for me the courage to be with yourself to be with myself and uh, it's a lot easier said than done Uh, but the courage to be with myself my whole self to be with my heart first and foremost because I think as a child that was the biggest thing my biggest asset that now I recognize today and so vulnerability to me is the courage to be with oneself even when it's scary even when you don't know what you don't feel brave or whatever it is the fact that you're still doing it Mm -hmm. that you show up for yourself as often as you can um, and you're willing to go in
0: thank you Mm. and there is no one that i see with being an example of that than you brother You're, you're doing it so well so thank you so much for being on this show. This hour and twenty minutes has flown by. Wow. I know. <laughs> thank you so much for being here and sharing so openly and vulnerably. Um this was this was beautiful and I got to know you a lot deeper in this in this show. So thank you.
1: Thank you, brother. This is uh yeah, this has been healing for me. So thank you. Aho. <laughs> Aho.